Would you turn again to that portion of the word that we read together? First Corinthians chapter 11. And we may read again at verse 27. <clears throat> verse 27, first Corinthians 11, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, friends, I don't need to tell you that there are a number of uh, texts in this chapter that has uh, caused uh, controversy uh, over the years and trying to uh, understand some of them can be very difficult and you read different uh, commentaries and uh, divines down through the ages and uh, they have different views on certain aspects of uh, this uh, chapter. But particularly coming to these verses that I've just read to use as our um, focus of meditation and study this morning. Um, I think that while uh, are verses that are um, considered at times to uh, be difficult or at least to have people have different views on them, there are others in, earlier on in the chapter, of course, that are uh, cause more talk. But these also are verses that have vexed also genuine uh, believers, those who are struggling at times uh, with assurance. They have been a stumbling block to uh, Christians who are genuine Christians who have maybe been struggling and lacking of ass with assurance from time to time. And uh, because of uh, that many people can have uh, difficulties in themselves and particularly considering coming to the Lord's table. But here, uh, there are some misunderstandings because of the language that is used at times here that we can have misunderstandings about it and there might be a reluctance. Then for some being afraid that they will be as we have heard of often enough, eating and drinking damnation to themselves. And so there is a reluctance to uh, publicly profess faith, to sit at the Lord's table of many who are genuine believers. Now, of course, we must also recognize that while some, some may make an excuse of it, if because of uh, fear of the reaction maybe of friends or family, loved ones. But others also may make it an excuse used in the sense of saying, well, I'm a Christian, but I don't need to make that public profession to be saved. And of course, that's true. 
It is not necessary to sit at the Lord's table to be saved. But nevertheless, it is a command of the Lord if you are saved. And there are also, of course, some who are genuinely afraid to grieve the Spirit of the Lord and are just not sure about where they stand. And we have to recognize that as well. It may be that there are some like that here this morning. But at the same time, that has to be challenged. And if you are like that here today, you have to, as it were, challenge yourself with the word and see if you are truly a believer or not. And if you are, however much you may tremble, that you should be at the Lord's table. And so you may be here as well, truly today, who love the Lord, and you know in your heart, and it's evident in your life that you are born again, and yet there is this continued reluctance to sit at the table making public profession, a reluctance to sit alongside those who love the Lord, a reluctance to sit with those who you know are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, friend, I would like to challenge you today, and I pray also may seek today by the enabling of the Spirit of God to encourage us all this morning in the things pertaining to the Lord's Supper, which we pray we will be able to partake of next Sabbath day. And those may be amongst us who have already sat maybe many, many times at the Lord's table. You may be going through periods of doubt. Maybe going through times of difficulties and questions in your own experience as well. I would like to encourage you as well. No, of course, no true believer, no true lover of the Lord Jesus Christ would wish to offend him, and rightly so. And so, therefore, friends, it is right to do what the apostle brings before us here to examine ourselves. That should ever be. That is not a, a one-off when we first come to profess faith publicly. It is something that should be with us every time we come to the Lord's table. And indeed, it's something should be with us every day of our Christian experience. Asking with the hymn writer, am I his or am I not? It is good for us to examine ourselves. But notice, as we have it here, as you well know, it's not about examining ourselves and staying away. Though, of course, because of unrepented sin, that may be appropriate at times, even for the Lord's people. But examines what we have here, examine and then come, then eat and then drink. This is what we are asked to do. And so, friends, we are to do so. And if you are the Lord's here this morning, as you look to the coming communion season, you are to examine yourself 
examine yourself as to your understanding, of course, of discerning the Lord's supper, sacrifice in the supper. Examine yourself as to how your walk is with the Lord. Examine yourself if you have true love for him and a desire to follow him, to live as you're enabled by grace according to his word. And then, friend, taking your place at the table, having examined yourself. It is your place. It is your witness. It is your, your love for the Lord even showing in public to others. You know, friends, no doubt about it, maybe too often we look in too much and not out to Christ. And to remember what he has done, not what we add in and of ourselves, that's important. But all to remember what he has done for us. So let us then look at this in slightly more detail. First of all, very briefly, the context of this text. Now, I know that this is known to all, but it's good for us to go over it forever. The context here in verse 20, when you come together, therefore, into one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before the other his own supper, and so on. And there are those who are, who are bringing shame on the way that they are coming to the Lord's Supper. Now, it seems that there seems to be a coming together in the Corinthian church here to eat a meal together, and then seem to be then going on to eat the Lord's Supper, to partake of the Lord's Supper. But they seem not to be making a separation, as they should, as they should uh, between the ordinary meal and the supper of the Lord. And for some, it would seem that the first seemed to be most, the most important. And then, as it were, the Lord's Supper was just added on afterwards, as if I can say, tagged on in the end, not giving any great understanding to it. That seems to be the context that we have here with them. There were obviously some sort of meal that they enjoyed together, time together, but it ended up that it became a situation where there was uh, little order about what they were doing. And there seemed to be no order in these pre-supper meals. And he said, if you're hungry, eat at home. It seems also that people brought food and the poor, there were some people who couldn't have any of them. Similarly as well, what we have here, they were meant to share with them, but they were not doing so. They weren't even wait, waiting for them, for them, that they were despising others, and that they were not waiting for others and sharing with them in the way that they should. So Paul is rebuking them strongly. That is the context that we have here. And then having dealt with that, and to say much more about it, that having dealt with that issue that was amongst them, now he comes particularly uh, to point out the way that they should be and who should be and what they should be doing as they partook of the supper of the Lord's table. And first of all, we see here that sin pointed out and its consequences. Verse 27, Whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord and world shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. And so to them, it seemed to be a light matter now. It had become something that they were so familiar with. And so there was no true discernment and no true uh, examination of themselves or anything else. 
to them was a light matter, but ah, to the apostle, here it makes it very clear, it was the most important holy ordinance. Something that we given time to, something that we given thought to, something that was a serious holy matter. They seemed to be some sort of uh, contempt of it by some, or at best at least an unappreciation, an appreciation of what it was that they were doing. The reason for their gathering together. They seem not to, to have been thinking about it in the way that they should have been. And so they were not remembering, or should I say, uh, they were not just remembering, so they were not remembering uh, Christ in these things. And so that they couldn't, because they were not remembering Christ in the supper, they couldn't really take part in it in the way that they should. It seemed to be just something to be done as anything else without any great thought to it. And that is, Paul is pointing out to them, there's a sin, a great sin against God in that. There was obviously little solemnity about it. I think, friends, it's one thing that we ourselves should always guard. And I believe that it is kept as good as anywhere else I've seen anyone in the world that we do keep the Lord's Supper in that way, at least when we're partaking, with a genuine solemnity about it. And in that way, I think that we benefit more from it. To give thought, not just when we are partaking, but of course, as we'll see, in preparing for it as well. Oh, it's the most solemn occasion. What could be more solemn than to remember the Lord's death? And particularly that any of us would say, I'm remembering his death for me. That personal aspect of it, as we partake at the table. And so there was seemed to be no evidence here of truly remembering the Lord's death. They were not discerning the Lord's body in the way that they should have been. Now, obviously, any person who is not born again of the Spirit of God, they cannot truly remember. Or they can partake. They can be there. But they cannot truly remember. And you cannot truly remember except that you're born again. You cannot have proper thoughts. You cannot participate meaningfully in the sacrament except you have Christ in you it is impossible to benefit from it. This is what's necessary. And if Christ is not indwelling you, friend, all the sitting at the Lord's table will do you no good whatsoever. It may seem to others, and that's a solemn thing, is it not for us all? That we can sit at the table, that some can sit at the table, but if our heart is not right, if we have not been born again, if we have not been transformed by the power of the Spirit of God. There's no table, and you can be at a table every week and every day, and it'll be meaningless. Meaningless to us. There is no salvation in just partaking at the table. None whatsoever, in and of itself. Or oh, it's where we should be if we're saved. 
but you will not be. I'm not saying that some haven't maybe sat at the Lord's table and God worked in them through that. But generally speaking, you know what I'm talking about here. There is no salvation in just sitting for the sake of sitting at the Lord's table. And here there is a suggestion at least that some that Paul is writing to in Corinth, in Corinth were partaking who had no saving interest in Christ. Oh, some had, but it seems some did not. But, and there were also those who had, but they had also been spoken to, particularly, I would believe here, because of their carelessness, and so not partaking in the spiritual manner that they should be. No, friends, think about yourself. Some of you here have sat at the table even far longer than I have. But however often you have sat at the Lord's table, are there times when you haven't sat in the spiritual manner that you ought to have been? Are there not have been times when you have, as it were, rushed in and rushed out? When you have come with little preparation? I dare say, you know, as I do very well, that that sadly can be so. It is a fearful thing that we do. Oh, friends, the need to consider the wonder of what the Lord has done. It is a sin for us not to prepare ourselves for coming to partake at the Lord's table. Oh, the need for solemnity, not just an outward solemnity. That can anyone can have, the hypocrite can have that. But a heart solemnity and preparation ourselves for coming. So, friends, that it would not be true of us that we eat and drink unworthily, not discerning the Lord's body. The need we have for this, would you not? agree. Even at our best, as it were, there can be no spiritual benefit to any of us without truly considering what it's all about. And that's for the Christian. Certainly, of course, there's no spiritual benefit for the non-Christian, but even for the believer, there is no spiritual benefit if we just come without giving thought and prayer to the matter. And we cannot Consider it without due preparation for it. There's a need for it to examine ourselves. I quote to you just now words of Albert Barnes. It's a longer quote, so please bear with me. I think it's worth reading. Barnes says this. This examination should include the great question about personal piety. It should go back into the great inquiry whether you had ever been born again. And that examination should also a special reference to your immediate and direct preparation for the ordinance. You should not only be able to say in general that you're a Christian, but you should be able to say that you have then 
a particular preparation for it. And you should have personal evidence that you are a penitent. This examination should extend to the words, the thoughts, the feelings, the conduct of each of us. That's a solemn thing, friends. The words, the thoughts, the feelings, the conduct of each of us. We should inquire whether among other Christians and with the world, we have lived the life of a Christian. Our witness, in other words. And finally, our examination should be directed to the inquiry whether we are gaining the victory over our easily besetting sins and becoming more and more conformed to the Savior. At the end of the day, friends, surely that is what is required of us. These are solemn things. It is a solemn matter. It is something that all of us have to think about because it's a sinful thing to come to the Lord's table without really thinking about it, understanding, preparing for it. But then again, of course, there are some who may be true believers, but for various reasons, maybe personally you're going through some difficult times spiritually and you feel you should not partake at this time. Well, friend, if you're here today like that, don't stay away from the table because of your feelings. That's looking too much maybe to yourself. If that is all that it is. You see, that's what the devil would love you to do. One thing is sure, if you truly love the Lord, whatever your present circumstance, as long as it's not caused by willful sin and no repentance, of course, you cannot, in whatsoever way you understand this text, be damned for sitting at the Lord's table. Does that mean it doesn't matter if you come prepared or not? Well, absolutely not. Of course it matters. Of course it matters. That's what I'm trying to say, what the apostles here surely is saying. It is to our shame and belittling our Savior's death if we don't at least seek to prepare ourselves in coming to partake at the table. Now, there are many situations that we should deal with before we come to the table. We all know that. Now, these things in general are spoken about. We are speaking about a couple of specific things. For example, Scripture makes clear that we are to be reconciled to any of our brothers and sisters if we have any kind of disagreement with them. That is a biblical thing to do. Yes, you may have a disagreement with some that is genuine and according, it's not unbiblical. But if there is one that is not according to Scripture, it has to be dealt with. And that is one area I feel that we can be very lax in at times and make excuses about. But also, if there is gross unrepented sin in your life, you need to repent of that before you come. If your communion and walk with the Lord has been with a, if I can say, a half-hearted attitude of late, maybe since you last partook at the table, 
you need to be that right before you come. You have no right to come to the table if that is how it is with you. And if you deal with these things, then on reflection, having prayed about these things, having sought by God's grace and the Spirit to sort these things out, under the influence and testimony of the Holy Spirit, and you can be, as it were, satisfied as you can be in these things, however mean and however unworthy you feel yourself, you should come to the table of the Lord, having dealt with these things. But no, sin must first be dealt with for proper preparation and with proper preparation before we come. And so, friends, I would suggest to you strongly that there is a need for us to examine ourselves. It is sin, and there's a consequence for it if we are not dealt with it. But then, finally, there is second point particularly here. It speaks about unworthy and damnation. Unworthy and damnation. He that eateth and drinketh unworthy, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. Well, what have we got here? Well, sure, we all have heard it before, but again, to remind ourselves, first of all, it is to do with, as I have said before, an unworthy manner. That was what was happening with these people first and foremost. They were partaking in an unworthy manner. It was a shambles. They weren't doing as they ought to, separated between the ordinary meal, which was quite lawful to have together, and the Lord's table. So it's the unworthy manner. But then what about these words, this word uh, damnation to himself? Well, now again, there's word here. People say, well, it means one thing or it only means this. Well, it can mean different things. In Scripture, we see that the word damnation can mean different things at different times, according on the context we have in Scripture. At times, it can refer to the final punishment that comes, the damnation of hell itself. But here, obviously, it's not that at all. Now, the word here, damnation, not exactly the same, but as the same root as the word we have in verse 31 and 32, judge and judged. It's the same root in the original language as that word. And that is the idea that we have here of judgment. Judgment. And so in verse 32 also notice there is the word chastened. When we, but when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. We are chastened of the Lord. And why are we chastened? Well, in the end of verse 32, that we should not be condemned with the world. You see the separation there? It is not talking here about those who are not Christians. He's talking about those who will not be condemned with the world. A chastening. The Lord may well chastise you in this matter. But then remember, friend, who does the Lord chasten? Well, as we have in Revelation 3, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. 
See the connection there as well. In repentance. It is the Lord's people who are chastened. And what we hear, there's a judgment of them. They will be judged. There will be a consequence. But it's not a damnation in the sense of cast away forever. So therefore, it's not referring here in that aspect of to the unsaved. Neither is it about an unworthiness, our unworthiness of itself. Friends, you know, if it had to do with our unworthiness, none of us would be at the table. None of us would be saved. We have nothing of ourselves, no worthiness of ourselves, none whatsoever. But having sure then, having assured that we are right before God, then having examined ourselves as we have been thinking of, we're not perfect, remember, but perfection is in Christ, not in ourselves. But having done what we ought to do, having followed the teaching of Scripture, having examined ourselves in the way that we are to do, we are then to eat and to drink, and we are then to remember his death as he commanded us. And how is that? To sit at his table, to partake at his table, and to do so all with thankfulness that we have the privilege and the honor to do such a thing. So, friends, it's one thing to be unworthy. It's another thing to partake in an unworthy manner. That unworthy manner is what we have to deal with most of all. Because if we are coming in an unworthy manner, it means that our lives are not what they ought to be and need to be dealt with before the Lord. Now, some people say, well, oh, I, but I feel my unsuitability to go to the table. Your unsuitability. Well, friends, if you love the Lord and by grace are depending upon him, having publicly examined yourself, you are being disobedient to his desire for you. Your suitability is in Christ, not in yourself. And if you have examined yourself, and if you have, as you can, by God's grace, oh, as I say again, Perfection is not here at all what is spoken about. But as you are enabled that you would look to the Lord and sit and remember in obedience to his commandment. So friends, here then, you cannot possibly eat and drink damnation in the sense of eternal damnation to yourself by coming and partaking, even in great fear and trembling and aware of your own personal unfitness. Indeed, I think I could say that having that awareness of an unfitness is the only way we should come to the table. To see our own nothingness, but to see him. To see him. And as you partake, my dear friends, to see him and to remember him and what he has done for you. That personal aspect of it must ever be before you. I don't believe that any true believer has ever sat at the Lord's table thinking, I'm worthy of being here. 
So examination then, friends, is not about staying away that a man examine himself. It's about preparing yourself for coming. Examine yourself, having by God's grace dealt with any known impediment to your coming, as I have tried to speak about. This is what is necessary for us. And I am quite sure that there won't be one single true believer at the Lord's table next Lord's day if we are spared, who has not had from time to time a question, am I his or am I not? That is common to God's people. It's not necessarily out of sinful doubt, but can be out of an awareness of your own nothingness and your own sinfulness still. And yet, you should still be there. You should still be there. Why? Because you know it's where the Lord would have you to be. Friends, it is sometimes we worry, do we not, at times about, am I doing the Lord's will? How do I know I'm doing the Lord's will? And many areas of life where that comes up with us. Am I doing the Lord's will here? Is this the Lord's will for me? Well, here, friends, is one place where you can know for a hundred percent to come in that way, sure, that you're doing the Lord's will. If you love him and you sit at his table, it is for certain, without question, the Lord's will for you, if you have been saved by his grace and his mercy and his love and his Savior. Do you know that today? The table then, with all your difficulties, with all your fears, with all your feelings, the table is for such. And so you should show the Lord's death till he come. The question is, friend, will you be there? If you're spared another week, will you be there? Well, I say this to you, friend. You should not be anywhere else if you love the Lord. Examine yourself. Eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Let us pray. O Lord God, thou knowest the needs of each and every soul here. Thy people, who may have professed many, many times, when they are in that right spirit, they will come, despite all their fears and failings. They know that this is what thou would have them to do. And any of thy people here who have not as yet sat at the table, O oh Lord God, that they would see the honor and privilege that thou hast bestowed upon them, first of all in saving them, which they know, 
but then fulfilling the commandment and showing forth the Lord's death till he come. Lord, give grace and strengthen and glorify thyself in these things. For Jesus' sake. Amen.